Well, welcome everyone. Uh, thanks for coming today. Um, over the last, you know, I've come every th three weeks, so I've had a lot of different themes um, in the message as the Lord puts it on my heart. Uh, we looked a couple times ago at the world and all the spiritualities and principalities and, and uh, God involved in all of that. And uh, we looked at the prayer and we got to the throne room of Christ in Revelation 4. And we got to see Jesus at the right hand of the Father that's listening to our petitions and uh, answering them and sending his sheriff, seraphim and cherubim down to uh, fulfill those prayers in our lives. Um, so today, as, as we, kept, we keep on moving along at the big picture of what's going on in the Bible, I, I came across a lot of verses that really uh, declare who Jesus truly is. And we know him as the Messiah, but there's so much more to Jesus as well. And I hope to bring some of that um, to the forefront today. So let's open in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Jesus. Help us today to see our Lord and Savior in a new light. That may, and may that light illuminate our path and change our lives forever. All for his glory. We invite you into this service and into this message today. In Jesus' name, amen. One of the opening um, verses that I found in, uh, we have a lot of scripture in, in these messages, so I figure the scripture can kind of do the talking for us, but we'll start off with Ephesians 3, 8 through 12. To me, who, uh, this is Paul talking, to me, whom am less than the least of all the saints, this grace was given, that I should preach amongst the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God, who created all things through Jesus Christ, to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be known by the church to the principalities and the powers in heavenly places, according to the eternal purposes which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, there's a lot of things going on in that verse, and we probably could break it apart and make a whole sermon in, in and of itself. But the thing that jumped out at me at first was God who created all things through Jesus Christ. And once in a while, we come across these verses, and they're so incredible uh, scriptures uh, and so deep and profound. We're like, well, that's cool, and, and we move on to the next verse. And maybe not taking that time to fully analyze what is truly seen in the full context. Um, so I thought today would be a, a good day to do this. Uh, Paul's implying there that uh, Jesus Christ was at the beginning of the age and involved in creation itself in Genesis. So I want to explore that today. That is something that's profound, and I think it's worth investigating. And if, if that is true, which everything in the scripture is true, what does that mean for us today? What, what, what's our takeaway for, for us today on that? So I just want to start with the sovereignty of God and just look at a few aspects of God before we focus in on Jesus here. When Moses asked God uh, to identify his name so that he would be known to his people in the burning bush, remember all the burning bush uh, scene in Exodus 3.13? Uh, there are some handouts in the back too if you want the scriptures uh, out on the back table there. Um, and God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent you. 
Now, that was an interesting response from God. You know, I am that I am, who I am. It's like God is saying, what? You want to name me like I'm some simple form of life or some pet or even some man-made God? Uh, I am uh, implies that he was around since the very beginning when nothing else was around. A form of agelessness from eternity past to eternity present to eternity future. This response uh, set God apart from all the other gods of the age, of, of that age, uh, time. You know, the uh, Ra's in Egypt and the Baals in, in Canaan and other things like that. This God is not limited by a first name or, or some particular domain like the sun God or the moon God. This God was not created by human hands nor by, named by any human language. The statement I am comes from the Hebrew word which means to be or to exist. This statement declares that God is self-existent, eternal, self-sufficient, self-directed, and unchanging. But this also statement also declares that he is present. He is present with his people. And um, he is aware of our sufferings. He desires to deliver them. He's intended to be known throughout all the ages. From the statement, I am who I am, spelled ye, yah, ye in Hebrew, God formed a holy and proper name, Yahweh. So that's kind of where I am who I am with the Hebrew, it kind of formed the word Yahweh, which is Yahivevhi in Hebrew. The name was considered to be so holy by the ancient scribes that described the Torah, which was our Old Testament, that when they got to the word Yahweh, they would actually take their quill pen, uh, you know, feather pen type thing with the ink and the inkwell, and they would um, set, uh, get a brand new one just to write the word Yahweh, and then they would break it so that that pen could never be used again. Uh, they had such reverence uh, for that name. So our God is sovereign and a holy God that is present with his people. So then let's take the next step um, of Jesus as the son of God. If we go back to Genesis 1.26, then God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. Have you ever noticed the word our? You, know, you scratch your head, you think of God as kind of singular, and all of a sudden there's ours, like, whoa, there's multiple people? It kind of implies a plurality uh, or some type of unity in God. And later in the New Testaments, we find that God is three persons in one, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And if you look at a lot of the verses too, you know, the Spirit was over the waters. So even the Holy Spirit was there in the, in the beginning in Genesis. And these verses are backed up by John 8, 58, where Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. So he was telling the Pharisees where you know, the people that were asking him, who are you? You know, they, because they knew there was something special with, about Jesus. And he was declaring, I am, meaning that that's exactly what God the Father in the Old Testament said, I am is my name. Uh, so he was declaring himself one with God the Father, implying that Jesus and God the Father are one. And Jesus comes out later and clearly states this in John 10.30, where he says, and... I and my Father are one. From verses like these, we developed our, our doctrinal concept of the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Uh, then the next step is, so we know he's the Son of God. He's 
one with God the Father. Um, then we know Jesus as our Redeemer, right? We could spend a whole many, many verses on talking about uh, Jesus the Redeemer from all the Gospels. I just picked out one here from Philippians uh, 2 9, where it says, Therefore God was, was highly exalted. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name above every other name, that the name of Jesus every knee shall bow, of those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus is the Lord, to the glory of God the Father. So anyone that has been in church for a while, we know that Jesus is our Messiah, right? He came to, come to, came to earth and uh, uh, saved us on the cross and for the forgiveness of our sins, and we can accept his gift to us. And we know that through that gift, we have eternal life in him. But have you ever thought about Jesus, the creator? So we kind of looked at you know, the sovereignty of God, Jesus is the son of God, Jesus is the redeemer, but how about the creator? Let's see if there's a few verses that shed light on that. Um, John 1.1, 1, 1, that's a, a popular one that you might have seen before. Uh, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was, uh, was with God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. And so we're like, oh, okay, well, the Word. You know, you're trying to figure out what the Word is. Later in John 14, in verse 14, it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Oh, who, you know, God uh, became flesh and dwelt among us. Well, we pretty much can figure out that's Jesus. And, beh and we beheld his glory, and the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So the word back in 1 1 what, uh, it is representing Jesus Christ. And um, it was clearly, it's clearly stating there that Jesus created all things. This idea was also in the Old Testament. You know, the Old Testament and the New Testament is the fulfillment of the Old Testament, but it's the same God from Genesis 1-1 all the way through Revelations 22. And in the book of Isaiah 44-24, hundreds of years prior, uh, earlier, it, um, Isaiah said, Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer. So a lot of times when you see the angel of the Lord or the word Lord in the Old Testament, that's refer referencing the future Messiah or Jesus that was already around uh, before his, uh, his birth here on earth. And he who formed you in the womb, I am the Lord who makes all things, who stretches out the heavens all alone, who spreads about the earth by myself. So Jesus, the creator, and there's several more verses we'll hit on here soon that talks about that. It really, the, the entirety of the Bible all points to Jesus. If you look in 1 Corinthians 8, 6, Yet for us there is one God, the Father of whom all, uh, who are all things, and we for him, and one Lord Jesus, through whom all things and through whom we live. That, means, that makes me think of the, the glory of Jesus that's outlined in, in Revelations 5, um, in, towards the end here, and of, of, the, of this age. And then I look, uh, John um, writes here, Then I look, and I heard the voices of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000, and tens of thousands and thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. 
and every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and such as are in the sea, and all of them I heard saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. Then the four living creatures said, Amen, and the twenty-four elders around the throne fell down and worshipped him who lives forever and ever. Now these verses in Revelations were a fulfillment in the prayer, uh, a fulfillment of a prayer found in the book of John, where John 17, 5, And now, O Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. You know, Jesus is clearly saying, I was with God the Father before the world was. Uh, there. You know, he, uh, he, he created the world. He was there through the whole Old Testament and all the trials of Israel as they would come close to God and then they would reject God and then God would intervene and, and move them to Babylon or whatever it took to get them back on their knees to bring them back to God all through the Old Testament. And then he decided to come as, as uh, you know, through a virgin birth, immaculate conception, and manifested himself um, into human form uh, to be on earth because he loves us so much. And he wanted to teach us to love God and love each other and uh, teach us a way back uh, to find God and build, restore that relationship with him. You know, it's really all about Jesus. Every book in the Bible points to Jesus as we listen to the He Is song today. I, was, I wasn't sure if Tammy was going to have that song prepared, so I was going to kind of chant through the thing. But uh, just for, you know, attention spans and stuff, maybe I'll just start in Matthew here, just as a reminder of, of uh, I think that song is also great because once you get the melody, you're going to get all 66 books memorized as well. <laughs> and the theme of what's in each book here. So in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, he's God, man, and Messiah. In the book of Acts, he's fire from heaven. In Romans, he's the grace of God. In Corinthians, the power of love. In Galatians, he's is freedom from the curse of sin. Ephesians, our glorious treasure. Philippians, the servant's heart. In Colossians, he's the Godhead Trinity. Thessalonians, our coming king. In Timothy, Titus, Philemon, he's our mediator and our faithful pastor. And then Hebrews, the everlasting covenant. And James, the one who heals the sick. In First and Second Peter, he's our shepherd. In John and in Jude, he's the lover coming for his bride, which we're all looking forward to. And in Revelations, he's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He is, he is, he is. The prince of peace, the son of man, the lamb of God, the great I am, the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. Our God, our savior, he is Jesus Christ, the Lord. And when time is no more at the end of this age, he still will be, he still is. You know, after hearing that entirety of the song, I've been singing it all week. Um, I think of Psalms 156, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. So what does this mean for us? You know, so we, we all right, so Jesus was there from the creation. He created the world. What does this mean for us? That brings us to our lives in Christ in Colossians 3.17. And whatever you do in word and deed, do it all in the name of the Lord. Give thanks to God the Father through him. So whatever you do, 
Everything you do each day, uh, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus and give him the glory. He created the world, right? It's, this is his world. You are his creation. You know, brothers and sisters, we suffer because we lose sight of Jesus. When we set our minds on ourselves and our things are happening in our lives, it's so easy to get overwhelmed. But when we set our minds on the things above, we have life and we have peace. Every question that we have in life, you know, the, the meaning of life and, you know, what, you know, there's so many questions that the world keeps on asking. But every one of those questions can be answered with Jesus Christ. Who created the heavens and the earth? Jesus Christ. Why is there a universe to show Jesus Christ's glory with the trillions of stars that they can't even count? Why am I here? You are here to bring Jesus Christ's glory. Um, it isn't about us, folks. It really isn't about us. We were here to bring Jesus Christ's glory. It's about our Jesus. When, we, when our lives are not in alignment with the calling of Christ, we become adrift and become lost and spiral downward. You ever get that feeling that, you know, you're at, all of a sudden you had some great church services and you're close with God and you're kind of on a spiritual mountaintop and then you, you know, start, don't read your Bible or whatever else and life gets in the way and the stresses of work and you kind of feel spiritually like dead three weeks later? And then all of a sudden you get on your knees again and get in the word again and you hear some great messages or sermons or worship and boom, you're back to that mountaintop and it's like, like that. Because we lose sight of our Jesus. We need him each and every day. You know, John 10.10 um, 10 says, Jesus says to us, I have come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. That is his wish for you. We can't do it on our own. We can't do it if we're looking into ourselves. We're only going to get that life and that peace and that joy that is offered through keeping our eyes focused on Jesus and understanding our purposes here on earth. It's to bring him glory. The question we must ask ourselves is, how am I going to bring glory to Jesus today? How is my pain today going to bring Jesus glory? How is my affliction today going to bring Jesus glory? How is my work that I'm going to do today going to bring Jesus glory? How are my prayers today going to bring Jesus glory? How is my joy today going to bring Jesus glory? How is my very being of waking up today going to bring Jesus glory? Our purpose is to bring glory to Jesus, but our purpose is also he is a friend to us. As a friend, you want to bring Jesus happiness. You want to, you want to bring friendship to bring Jesus. You want to bring Jesus' love to our fellow man. As it is stated, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. That's what Jesus is asking us. So let us change our paradigm this week. If we've been going through some struggles and some hardships and, and life seems overwhelming, give all of your life back to Jesus today. Put it back on the altar and said, it's not about me. It's about our Jesus. And then he will give you joy and peace in return. Because it doesn't matter what you lose. It's, it's all his to begin with, right? Um, Psalms 143, we've, it's one of our favorite verses in Psalms. We've spoke it before, but 
Um, we can say this every morning. Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love. So I put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go, and I entrust my life to you. Let us look for opportunities to be Jesus to other people. Everything in our lives matter to Jesus. All the details, even those answered prayers. Thank you for that scar, Lord, in Dave's uh, lungs that is not going to impact his longevity, Lord. Thank you for that, that he will be, he will be able to be Jesus to other people for days, weeks, years to come, Lord. Thank you for that. Sometimes we don't even know some of the nice things we do or the generosity we do in the day, that how it impacts other people, and that it might be a fulfillment to prayer or answer to prayer. A fun little example that we've experienced, um, Lori and I experienced here in this past week, is we purchased a new bed um, back in 2020 from home uh, furnishing in Eau Claire when they were going to move over to the mall. And so it was just, you, you buy it and you can't take it back type thing. So it was a great bed. It was one of those new foam mattresses and it had a motorized base that would lift your legs and it felt like you were laying on clouds when we were in the showroom. So we had it delivered to our house and um, we tried it for a couple weeks, but we're, we're kind of, uh, soft people. We really need a real soft bed and, and apparently it was a little more firm or they switched mattress on us but it was a little firmer bed and so we're like oh this just doesn't work for us. So we uh, moved it downstairs and eventually we set it up in our rec room behind a couch and just was storing it and it, I, I took six months looking for someone that wanted a bed. I asked everybody at church it's brand new bed it, you know we only a couple times that we ever laid in it type thing um, and I couldn't find anybody. And so months went by, and I kind of was given up on it. And, um, and then a young uh, Christian couple that goes to our church, they're 22 years old, they moved up from Tennessee, and they came over to our house. And when they were leaving, I'm like, would you like a bed? You know, a meal and a bed. You know, that's what we provided tonight. And so, and so they, and, you know, Hezekiah goes over there, and he, I'm like, well, we can lay it down, and you can try it out. It's a little firmer, just to let you know. And he comes over, and he puts his head on, and he says, oh, this is so nice. He says, we'd love this bed. And so it's yours if you can find somebody to take it home this week. And so uh, he went to Pastor Adam, our pastor up in Harvest Time, Oliva uh, up here, and uh, he had a truck. So the next night on Monday night, they came out at 8 o'clock. And they both, it was a heavy bed because of the motorized part down below, but we got it onto the truck, and he took it into the little apartment that they have in Mondovi. And so Pastor and him got it up to the room, set it up, but then they had this other queen bed that, according to Pastor, was in pretty good condition yet. You know, no stains, nice, nice little bed. And so Hezekiah, like, oh, I don't have any place to store that. I don't know what I'm going to do with my bed. And so Pastor uh, Adam said, I'll put it in the back of my truck, I'll take care of it, I'll find a home for it, thinking, I don't know, do I take it to the dump, what am I going to do with this bed type thing. So he put it in the back of his truck and drove around for four days, he drove around, and he was not sure what to do with the bed, and he was down by Gilmanton, and he drove past an Amish buggy, and I know a lot of you have been serving the Amish community for a long time here, so hopefully you'll uh, connect with the story. And so the thought hit him, pastor, as he's driving, you know, and he's worried about his next sermon and all the other stuff, but the thought hit him, go back and talk to uh, the, the man in the buggy and ask him if he wants a bed. 
No, 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 they don't need a bed, you know, and he's driving eight more dials down the road. Holy Spirit saying, hello, hello. And finally, after eight miles, he's fine, fine, fine. Stops, turns around, goes back eight miles, and just catches the man in his buggy before he turns off on his road to his house. And so he went over, showed him the bed. The man was so thrilled with the bed. He said, oh, yeah, we love this bed. Oh, thank you so much. So Pastor Adam takes his truck and follows the buggy home to the courtyard. And when he got to the courtyard, eight beautiful little Amish kids came out, uh, all excited about a new bed, you know, type thing. And, uh, you know, and so, you know, they were blessed with that bed. But... Brothers and sisters, we don't often know the great things that our God, God is doing in our daily lives. Often we don't see the outcomes of those little generosities, you know, like, oh, let's just bless, a, you know, a brother and sister with this, this bed. But God is uh, in all the details of our life. He hears that prayer of a little Amish boy saying, Lord, please give me a bed, you know, type thing. And he will turn heaven and earth on its ear and, and have it sit you know, have it be a little not right for us, have it sit in our rec room for six months, have it sit in the back of Pastor Adam's truck for four days, just so that Pastor Adam, a willing vessel of the Lord, and that Amish man could pass by each other at the exact same day, at the exact same time, so that uh, that bed could be transferred to that Amish family. It's, uh, it's pretty cool. We just have to be willing vessels, you know, each day. It might be a simple gesture that you do to another person that can mean all the difference. And turn our focus over to Jesus and how can we be Jesus to other people. It reminds me of uh, Hebrews 12 to look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the, of the uh, right hand of the throne of God. It's all about Jesus. And in conclusion, I'll read you to you Colossians 1.15. He, which is Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him, Jesus, and for him, Jesus. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in all things consists. Brothers and sisters, it's not about us. If you want to have joy and peace in your life, get the focus off of us. We were created for Jesus. He, that's why he created the universe, for, for himself. Um, and we consist through him. Every atom that's in this room, every oxygen molecule, everything, or provisions each day is because he provides. So do what we're created for. Find that purpose. Bring glory to Jesus Christ in every aspect of your lives. I will leave you this with this benediction. Another verse. Hebrews 13, 20. Now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead and the great shepherd of our sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do his will, working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight, through Jesus, to whom be glory forever and ever.